The reading this morning is from the second chapter of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God. I got to give you a high five on that. You crushed that one. No one wants to read on Pentecost. (laughs) I forgot to wear (laughs) real. I heard an interview with Kent Herbeck this week. The radio host was, of course, asking Herbeck for his insights on the Minnesota Twins this year and if postseason play was possible for them. As Herbeck talked, he said, you need to remember that we, the Twins, finished in last place in 1990 and then came back, of course, to win the World Series in 1991. A lot happens in each day. You just never know what's possible. Ask any kid who wants to play professional sports or be the best at their favorite activity, and they will envision the big hero moments, the World Series and a home run, 
the birdie shot to clinch the title, the standing ovation on opening night, the mastered solo at the final concert, the A plus on the final exam. We all aspire for things like this. These are really good stories to tell. So as Pastor Joel said, it's Pentecost, the day and the beginning of the season where the rubber hits the road. The beginning of people making a way in the world without Jesus enfleshed leading the way. The day the Holy Spirit comes as promised to change things up. So people are gathered together and all of a sudden this strong wind blows in. Luke describes it as tongues of fire resting on the heads of people. And then they walk into the streets where crowds are gathering and they begin speaking in the exact languages of all the different kinds of people who are there. People begin to hear about God in a way that they can understand. It's chaotic. Some people understand and are drawn into listening, and some stand doubting and resistant, thinking these people chattering away are just drunk. Peter then stands up and gives a sermon, and Luke tells us that 3,000 people came to believe that day, and the church officially began. A community of movement of God in the world was created that day. What is this story telling us about the Holy Spirit? I can't quite make sense of it, honestly, and I'm still waiting for the day that my sermon is so good that 3,000 people come to Mount Olivet. <laughs> what is interesting is that just before this big climatic day and the rush of wind and the heroic moment for the church, those 11 disciples were just trying to figure out what to do next. What was to be the first move after Jesus ascended into heaven? And so they sat in a meeting and they decided who should fill the 12th spot on their team. Since Judas was out, they needed a 12th leader to complete the lineup. Scripture tells us they prayed, but there was no fire that day, no rush of wind, and they were making the decision in who to choose for this next leadership spot. Luke says they cast lots, which to us would be like flipping a coin, and they picked Matthias. It doesn't sound like an overly inspiring meeting or this big annual vote or an officiated process and we don't hear of tongues of fire or miraculous events. It was a regular day of doing the work that needed to be done. And then let's talk about this amazing preacher, Peter. Last time Luke talked about Peter, he had denied Jesus three times before his death and then he cowardly ran to hide. And then he came to the tomb and was amazed that it was empty. Remember, amazed is the mix of sheer wonder and gut-wrenching fear. Peter had his share of un unimpressive and raw moments, yet he is the one who speaks to the crowd. He is the one who trusts that when he dares to tell the story of Jesus in his own words, somebody will connect. Someone will hear something that they just needed to hear that day. 
You can see the color for this day is red to represent the Holy Spirit, the fire, the sizzle, the power of the divine to come among us. But next week, we'll turn to green for the season of Pentecost. For a really long time, green is the color of growth. For as much as this story can lead us to believe that the Holy Spirit only comes in the big moments of inspiration and the unexpected blowing of the wind, the sweep of clarity and the speaking in many language, the life-changing moment, the really great sermon, the Spirit of the living God comes and stays and is also present in the meetings that seem to go nowhere. The people who would never expect to be leaders. The working it out of everyday life. The days that you just want to give up with the clumsiness and frustration of what it means to be a community. I'm actually relieved because it's very rare that I have a Pentecost kind of day. We can't limit the Holy Spirit coming in only one way or when we think we are at our best. The good news that we hear today is that God chooses to stay in the dirt as things slowly grow from brown to green. The Holy Spirit nestles itself into the soil, pushing up seeds and calling and empowering and equipping people and helping the church grow and change and harvest something that we could not have thought possible. When I read this story, I was thinking as we build our labyrinth, I think someday someone will be up here in the pulpit and they'll spin some tale about how a handful of folks took the lumpy, uneven piece of ground in the back and they leveled it out and they made this 70-foot wide labyrinth stone by stone they will talk about how it came together so smoothly without even notice. But the teller of that story will miss all the frozen, soggy days that kept us from this work. They will miss the big pile of pavers that needed to be moved and placed one by one. They will easily forget all the dirt that Greg Funfar had to scoop in the bobcat to level out that ground and keep the drainage right. The handmade punch that Mark Schmidt made to cut each square of sod to perfectly fit all the pavers. They would not mention the detailed planning by Kurt Luthold, who has a passion for the environment and to design a labyrinth, he's had to walk each step to ensure the loops are aligned and the shape exact. Or the teller of that story would miss the dedicated people who continue to show up and work through our schedule of hurry up and wait. The storyteller will soon forget that it has taken over a year to birth this new creation and it's still not done. Yet the Holy Spirit is there every step weaving the old and the new, empowering and calling more leaders among us to tell their story and to connect with the things they are passionate about, to open our church more and more to people who need a sacred place to come, to walk, maybe to pray, and to connect with a community who seeks the same.
What are you yearning to see grow in your life? It's not always easy to wait or to slog through the regular days, the slow progress, the disappointments and annoyances. But we gather on this Pentecost Sunday to hear again, this is where the Holy Spirit dwells, moves, speaks, and leads us. Come, Holy Spirit, pour yourself upon us, push us into the streets to speak and be open. Amen.